Okay, everybody, welcome to episode number 55 of the John Riley Project. It is Tuesday, June 11th, 2019, and I am so pleased to have as my guest today none other than Poway's own Pete Neal. How you doing, Pete? I'm back. Welcome back. You've been on an adventure. You've been <laughs> yeah. like, you know, Bilbo Baggins, you know, just... <laughs> uh, and so I'm, I'm so happy that you uh, decided to join us today because... You got some stories to tell. This this is monumental. And, you know, we talked about the preparation for the trip and the Eureka Moments mm-hmm. um, podcast. And, God, I think it even goes back as far as the campaign. Anyway, um, we, we talked about this trip, but I wanted to bring it full circle. Nice. To come back and do the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you've been doing your EV trips, so we got a little... Poking yeah. the ribs here yeah. between the two of That's us. That's good. It's right? okay. My, I, like I told you, I have a friend up in San Francisco who's a big car guy, and he'll give me some pokes with the EVs too. So it's all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all good. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I think EVs are great. I seriously considered one myself when I when I bought Calypso, um, but um, there there are pros and cons. There are pros and cons, and a lot of promises I'd made to myself over my life. Had to be brought. Well, yeah. Well, you made a commitment that you were going to own a Corvette, and you yep. were going to be a Corvette guy. Yep. So be a Corvette guy. Man. That's right. That's right. I'm not ready for the EV thing. Yeah, yet. that's okay. There's no worries. But we'll 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 hit that. Okay. All right. Um, look, we, you and I have done other podcasts on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's right. And Eureka moments. Yeah. This. This wasn't really eureka moments. These were holy whatever. Where do you want to put in there? <laughs> moments on this trip that uh, caught me completely and totally by surprise. And I want to cover those things awesome. as well. Yes. Have they changed my life? Mm, no. Maybe on some. But they were big wow moments. They were wow moments. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. So I want to cover them. Okay. And yeah, um, this trip, this is the, the map here is the actual trip. Well, just give our audience this sort of a quick overview of what your objective was and where you've been. And, then we'll, and then we'll dig into the details. And down in the comments in the description here on, on your YouTube, yeah. um, you're going to have some links. Oh, to, of course. To things that I've done. Okay, great. And there is a. Look at that. A, a YouTube playlist that goes over uh, the first five um, were the objectives of the trip. Okay. okay. And now they're all checked off. Wonderful. All right. Now, this one doesn't have a check mark because this came out of a podcast. Okay. All right. Um, there was a question over um, the traveling through Canada by my parents. Right. Okay. Well, I had a technical issue with the trip. My wife came up with a genius solution to it. And the genius is that it also addresses that part of the Canada thing. That, that sixth video is the blanket that I used for padding Okay, inside the cargo compartment. Because eh, a Corvette, 
things move around in the back. <laughs> especially the way you drive. Yeah, especially the way I drive. I mean, nothing, nothing stays put. Yeah. So it's, it's got to be firmly anchored. And I had concerns. If I ever took the top off, could I protect the top? Right. So that blanket, I tell the story behind the blanket that I use as padding, came from the Hudson's Bay Company. Oh, wow. This so, blanket's almost 100 years old. Like old fur trappers. The price tag's on it. Oh, it is? <laughs> like how much? <laughs> the number of skins that you could trade oh. at Hudson's Bay to get that blanket. Cool. Well, what was the number? Four. Four. It's, it's a four-skin blanket. Nice. Got to watch how you say that. Oh, yeah. F-O-R. F-O-U-R. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand. It's four skins. Not foreskin. Right. 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 Okay. So, so these are the objectives. Down in, down below the description, there'll be links. You'll provide the links to these motivations. The first one was a trip across country. I want to do a trip across country in Calypso. Right on. That was the top. Hey, have you ever done a cross-country trip before? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, this was my um, <laughs> fourth and fifth trip across country. Wow. Yeah, one, one yeah. way. Yeah, right. Because the last— the first one I did was from San Diego to New London, Connecticut. Then three years later, I did New London, Connecticut to San Diego. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in there somewhere at the time, oh, the Route 66 trip when I oh, yeah. picked Calypso up. Right. All right. That was a one way. That was Bowling Green to Richmond to Chicago. So you flew there? I flew there. Okay. To pick up Calypso. Okay. So this was, the, this was the fourth and fifth trip, which was um, from San Diego to Richmond, then a trip up the East Coast to my where I was born. In Rhode Island. In, well, raised in Rhode Island. Born yeah. in Syracuse, but raised in Rhode Island. And then back across country. Now, in the videos, um, there's a serious aspect to this. And this is... I mentioned in the prior podcast, but I had to go back to Richmond to pick up my mom and dad. Calypso was a four-passenger car for the return trip. Wow. Okay. Um, oh, my. That's the urn. Okay. My dad's on your side. Okay. Hello. My mom's on my side. Okay. Reverend Neal is over there. Dorian Neal, the teacher's on this side. Okay. But we had taken portions of the ashes in Richmond and prepackaged them for um, seven ash-casting ceremonies. The first one down in North Carolina, second one at Nags Head, third one in Rhode Island, fourth one in Syracuse, fifth one in Ithaca. Then I tried to get to the confluence where the Mississippi and the Missouri meet. Yeah. But it's flooded. Well, It's yeah. 30 feet underwater. Yeah, it's that time of the year. Yeah, I couldn't get there. Oh, that's too bad. So I had to find another spot. Okay. But I ran into a guy, Alan. Alan. I was by the side of the Mississippi River and perhaps some of the Missouri, and I was all dejected because I was not going to be able to get to the confluence. And Alan came along, and he heard my story, and he says, I'll take you someplace that's even better. Ah. So I'll tell you that story. Awesome. Okay, good. All right. 
Then, leaving Mississippi and the, and the Missouri River there, uh, I ran into an issue with my tire. And uh, right rear tire. Again, I'd had an issue back in Rhode Island with it. Yeah, I remember you talking about that on one of your Facebook Lives. Well, it got more convoluted. Okay. And that was taken care of in Kansas City. Fully resolved. Okay. Beyond my expectations. Good. So then as I started to traverse across Kansas, I started to see the Rocky Mountains, and I didn't like what I saw because above the Rocky Cloud, Rocky Mountains were more storm clouds. Uh-oh. So I called the park ranger, and he says, yeah, you can't get there. The roads are closed due to snow. So again, I had to find another place. Ah, because you were going to go to the, the source the of the Colorado River. Source of the Colorado River. I got as close as I could get. Well, that's, I'm sure you'll get an A for effort from yeah. your mother, the yeah. school teacher. Yep, yep. So, um, but that's the trip. And, and the, the key thing was these ash casting ceremonies. It was a promise I made to my mom. That's cool. And um, my sister and my niece and her husband, and we celebrated. In North Carolina, that ceremony. Then my sister and I did Nags Head, where we vacationed as a family for a number of years. Okay. And so I'm just going to go through this trip and uh, go through it step by step of how it manifests. I think this is going to be awesome. This is going to be a good podcast. For those of you that are listening or watching, this is going to be a long one, I think. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know if we're going to beat the record of over three hours that both John Carson and Chris Olps have done. That's fine. No. If I don't mind, before we get started, and I ask this question with the fullest amount of respect, but are your parents still with us? Right? Yes. They are. Yeah. Okay. So you've only scattered a portion of their ashes. Yeah. About a third. Okay. Total. Okay. Um, by the way, there'll be links <laughs> to this map so you can see pictures of the places where I stopped. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. I, I think this is a cool deal because it's, a, it's one thing to do a cross-country trip as part of an adventure or to do sightseeing, but you had a mission, you know, it's like you were Jake and Elwood blues, you know, you were on a mission from God. Five of them. Yeah. And I, and I think that is cool because there was a purpose to what you were doing. Right. So the first step was to do the trip Mm -hmm. there and back. That's, that's mission number one. So, and I, I've got another map where the trip was planned didn't go according to plan. Right. But that was the plan. Sure. The primary mission I just explained was the ash casting ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Okay. The third one, <laughs> track time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw some of that on Facebook, and you looked like you had some fun at one place, and you were you had to have your hand held in another one. Yeah. And that might have been a little disappointing. Well, yes and no. Yeah. Okay. But we'll get into that. Yeah, okay? we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, and then this is 2019. This is the 50th anniversary of my graduation from high school. Wow. And they're planning this big 50th reunion in September. And I ain't going in September. No. No. But I bet you you probably saw some of your friends and they're going to share stories. Yes, I did. At the event on September. Yes, I did. And, you know, we've all gotten just a little bit older than we were in 1969, (laughs) and they're 68, 69, 70 years old, and they've had their life, and I've had my life, Mm -hmm. 
And so there's some stories about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. As a matter of fact, I spent a lot of time uh, with this one house on the same road that my parents, my house was on. And I always called it the heartbreak house. It's now called the hearth side. Mm. And it's a major historical attraction now. As a matter of fact, they closed the entire road to traffic for Memorial Day. They had a huge Memorial Day parade down my, the road that I used to live on. Wow. And, th- and, and this is your house? This is right past my no, okay. not my house. The Hearthside House, Heartbreak House, as yeah. I refer to it, is about a half a mile up the road. Okay, but on the same street. Same road. Okay, and that's what they had closed down the whole road. Yep. So you're, yep. There, there were probably uh, locals, you know, hanging out in front of your old house. It was like a Poway parade. Yeah, right okay. on. It's cool. All right, gotcha. All right. That's good. So the trip reunion, okay, and then the fourth one is following through with my mom's wish for one more trip across country. That, no, that, that was what this is. The urn was in the back seat. I had to explain to a lot of people as I was going across country, this is a first. You've never seen a four-passenger Corvette. <laughs> It's so cool because your mom was your first passenger in the car. She was the first passenger. Yeah. And then she goes on a cross-country trip with you. Yep. That's beautiful. Yep. So okay. five missions, um, all accomplished in 19 days. Wow. This, this is where we get into you and me. I think if you remember, I, I think it was like the Thursday or Friday before I started the trip, I asked you, I said, can you, can you do Albuquerque from Sandy Poway to Albuquerque in one day? Yeah, you can. And you said, yeah. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. In an EV? No. <laughs> okay. No, I did it in a Volkswagen GTI. Okay. Which is my son's car. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I covered, uh, I, I did it in 10 and a half hours. Yeah. That's about right. You know, okay. I think we took about. 12, maybe 13, but we had stopped a couple of times and got food. And I had to drop it down to 55 because I got caught in a snowstorm. Uh-huh. Where was the snow? Between uh, Phoenix and... Um, like Holbrook? No. Uh, Gallup? What's the name of that town? At the top of the 17. Flagstaff? Flagstaff. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Calypso had snow on her for the first time in her life. Oh. I was going through cardio. I had it in <laughs> weather mode. I was down to 55 miles an hour. Yeah, I- but Calypso is no delicate flower. Calypso is a badass. <laughs> a little snow, no worries, right? <laughs> I was nervous as hell, let me tell you. When you get tires that are a foot and a half across on the bottom, it could be serious. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah, I hear you. So, anyway. Um so the route that I chose, day one, San Diego to Albuquerque, I started off on Interstate 8, and I wanted to get video driving past the acres and acres and acres of wind farms and solar farms from here to uh, Gila Bend. Right. Mm-hmm. People on the East Coast don't know that. Okay. Yeah, All yeah. Right. And I'm going to be sharing this with East Coast friends and family. Okay. The family on the East Coast is just about the same physical number. As the family on the West Coast. Okay. Okay. And this is a whole family effort. I was doing the trip. All right. But this is for the entire family. 
Nice. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And you documented it the whole way. And, and I'm documenting. And they were virtually traveling with you. Maybe a fifth passenger. By I virtual. had 18 people following me. Yeah. That's so cool. It was unbelievable. So, uh, plus the Facebook Live. Yeah. Highly illegal, but I did it anyway. <laughs> I see. You had the camera going and driving over the speed limit and and one hand on the steering wheel. That one question I asked on the one Facebook where I was traveling from Texas into Oklahoma, where I was clearly violating three laws at the same moment. Yeah. And I said, you know, shouldn't this escalate to a federal level rather than a state level? (laughs) No. Nobody, nobody answered that I question. Know. I still don't know. Well, if J. Edgar Hoover were alive, he'd be all over you. <laughs> you know, it'd be a federal matter. So anyway, I went from San Diego to Albuquerque um, via Phoenix and Flagstaff, and got hit with snow. So yeah, that was that. Made it to Albuquerque. And by the way, this is in late May. There was snow. Snow. Yeah. Now, granted, it was at the six thousand foot level. Okay, so. Yeah, I can understand why it was chilly all right, and snow, but this is not normal. I, the weather that I had, if you remember, on the Sunday before was Plastic Fantastic. Yeah. Forty-some-odd years of Corvette, all Corvette car shows, and we got rained out for the very first time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. All right. People were very nice. I mean, they, they they let me leave early so I could go pack and get ready for the trip. But, yeah, it was a miserable show. I mean, we were in the rain. So those clouds just kind of followed you eastbound, right? <laughs> yeah, and I ran into them again. Uh-huh. And, unfortunately, they were snow at 6,000 yeah, right. Yeah, right. So, uh, but I did pull out of it. it. I don't know whether I pulled out of it or it went north, but... When I woke up the next morning in Albuquerque, the next mission was Fort Smith, Arkansas. It was another 10, well, probably 11, 12-hour day. Wow. But there was a storm from ahead of me, okay, coming up from the south. And I was watching it on the console of Calypso, the weather front. I could see it. And I said, oh, man, I hope it moves north before I get there. All right. It's... This is weren't there tornadoes going on at this time? Exactly. So, did you did you run into any tornadoes? You see any or any damage from tornadoes? I lost my windshield on the car. Well, I was an inch too close to a tractor trailer. Right. We were going across uh, Oklahoma. I was getting very close to Arkansas, and uh, eh, maybe. 120, 180 miles from Arkansas. And a tornado had gone across Interstate 70. All sorts of debris on the road. Oh, okay. And so okay. then it's being kicked up. It, and I was passing a truck, and he kicked, picked up a rock and threw it up on my windshield, and it hit three quarters of an inch away from the A pillar. Uh, just missed. So I immediately called. Or just hit you, I mean. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it was just a little hole at first, just a little. T- yeah, you know, that's all. It but takes. it started to spread. Yeah, and that's when I called State Farm, and that's the one bad news on customer services. State Farm's not going to cover it. But isn't that the commercial with Jake wearing khakis? That's State Farm, right? Yeah. And you had trouble with them, huh? Yeah, they're not going to cover it. I got to go cover that windshield on my own. Really? An act of God. And they're not covering it. 
Is but, it because it well? Is it because it's below your deductible, or they just don't cover that category? I gave up. I was too angry. I hung up the phone before I got a full answer. Uh, well, you know, there's a place um, in Carmel Mountain Ranch, um, right next to the the Ralph Shopping Center. It's like a little like shack, and that's all they do is is repair. Yeah. Um, and they, I, they, I had one of mine replacing it. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had good luck with the repair. By yeah. the way. I'm, I'm going to replace it. It's, it's spreading across the windshield. Oh, it already is. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you've been putting a lot of miles on the car since it occurred. So. Yep. So, yeah, $1,000 windshield. So. All right. It's a heads-up display, so it's not an ordinary windshield. And I also found out it's got the automatic windshield wiper detector in it. Oh, wow. I don't have that feature. She said, you will now. Cool. <laughs> so. All right. So when the when it gets a little bit of a spritz on, on the window, it'll win, it'll kick on. It'll kick on. The yeah, windshield. my car does that, and it's it shocked the hell out of me. I was like, I didn't turn this on. <laughs> no, I don't want driver assisted anything. I want to be the one that's driving it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so Albuquerque to Fort Smith, I lost the windshield, but is okay, so it Fort Smith's in Arkansas? Right. Yeah. Is that like near Little Rock? Uh, it's a little west of Little Rock. Because Little Rock's kind of like right in the middle, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's a little Fort, Fort, let me get this out of the way. So, let's see, where am I at? <sighs> yeah, so there, that's Fort Smith right there, that little yellow mark right there, and then it dips down to Little Rock and then back up towards okay. Nashville. And that. Well, those are like little push pins. Yeah, that's, that's where I stopped. Okay. E- either a gas stop or a stop for the night. Right on. So... You can analyze the hell out. If you want to know the dollars and cents, which I know you do, <laughs> I have the spreadsheet here also of all the gas. I stuff. think I saw the summary that you, you had, and you were talking about your number of cents per mile, and yep. and in certain segments it was better than others. And Yep. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Top was, um, top was, what was it? Yeah, 18.9 cents per mile. The lowest was 0.06. So six pennies a mile. That's that's where I had the 40-knot tailwind behind me for nice. half the day. Wonderful. All right. So it really helped. So the 18 cents must have been when you were climbing up the mountains. Yeah. And there's a direct correlation between the high cost of mileage and climbing in altitude. That's exactly right. That makes yep. total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got the facts and figures. Okay, good. Well, it. this is beautiful because... For some people, they don't pay at all any attention to this. No. They just figure, oh, I'm near empty. i got to fill up. And then there are other people that will, like what I do is I'll kind of roughly do the math in my head while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. right? But I've never gone this distance and actually computed the data. And there were some other people on Facebook that were loving the fact that you were gathering all the data. Who was that? Is that Mike Farrell or some other Poway guy? Uh, yeah. Um, it, Devin. Um can't remember who it anyway. was. But it, th- it's so cool that you do that. Um, it's just like all the research you did when you bought Calypso. And it's my whole life. This is the way I work. This is awesome. You're a scientist. <laughs> your, your whole campaign in Poway was about collecting data. Collecting data. And then analyzing the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, this is fantastic. And it ought to be done in Poway. It still ought to be done. Now we're fighting a budget crisis. Yeah, of course. It nobody be. wants to touch it yeah. because nobody studies the data. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Could have had District <laughs> One. I was there. Would have, could have, should have. <laughs> hey, I, I hear you. I feel. Uh, I feel your pain. So I made it to Fort Smith. Delightful lady at the Super Eight. 
she was magical, and I have I misplaced her name. Well, what, what made her magical? The way she treated her customers was fantastic. She went out of her way to help. And it wasn't just me. It was the other people. I'm a smoker. I go outside the lobby to smoke a cigarette. But every person that came in there felt like they were being greeted by their mom. Yeah, that's the opposite of what you would expect at a Super 8 motel. Yeah. Um, That's wonderful. She was amazing. You know, I finally asked her for her email address, so I have her email address. I forgot her name. <laughs> Hopefully her name is in the email address. No, it's not. It's encrypted. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'll but, be in touch with her. But you know what's interesting is you, this goes back to more national politics, but but a lot of middle America, you know, people on the coast have never really gotten to know the folks in middle America. Right. And there are just some really quality people that live there. I met a bunch of them. You know, and and you just wish there were more people like that that maybe lived in our community. Yeah. You know, and I think that's I think that's great. I think that you you that you meeting not only important people in your life, family members, high school uh, uh, classmates, but even the random people along the way made this the trip special. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Um. I can't remember what it was. I'll, I'll, it'll come to me. But she was she was spectacular. I mean, I, I told her, I says, look, i got to have your email address. I want to establish a relationship. I want to know. Well, send her, send her an email. She's going to get a copy of the bar- podcast. Yeah? Yeah. Beautiful. You were well appreciated. <laughs> Through the camera. I'm telling everybody, stay in the Super 8 Hotel in Fort Smith. There, I've done it. Next morning. Da, 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 da. Bowling Green. Right. Oh, yeah. This is like going to the Mecca, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, making a pilgrimage. The motorsports park didn't exist when I bought Calypso. It was they, just a they factory? Built this, they built this track, racetrack. And they haven't done a good job of promoting it. I got on that track. And they've taken sections of some of the most famous race courses in the world and linked them all together. Oh. All right. Oh, wow. I'm going around this racetrack, lead follow. I'm following this, the, the guy. Yeah. All right. And I went through the corkscrew. And I said, they've duplicated the corkscrew, but in the opposite direction. Okay. Not as much of a height difference. I right. Mean, it's not the 500 feet that the corkscrew is. This is more like 30 50 feet. Okay. Of course, this is more like 30 feet. But the road leaves you. You're airborne. Wow. Because <laughs> it's an S turn. Yep. And it's at an incline, like a down, down in, downward incline. Okay. And so as you're cutting those, <coughs> and then you so say you get a little air. Yep. That's cool. Yep. It was very cool. All right. And they had this S turn. I said, oh, now this is unique. All right. This, this S turn is spectacular. But it's unique. It stands on its own. Okay, that a boy. Pat them on the back. Till later in the trip, I got to Watkins Glen. It's the Watkins Glen S turn. I'd never driven it before. Oh. I had no experience. And when I went to Watkins Glen, I said, "I just did this last week." So you thought it was maybe Laguna Seca with a twist? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no pun intended. But uh, but it really was a Watkins Glen segment. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So anyway, I've now done Bowling Green to all my. 
Corvette so, Club owners. So let's reel this back a minute. So Bowling Green is where the factory is, yep. where Calypso is made. Yep. And they make all the Corvettes in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yes. Then there's also the museum there. That is, it's across the street. And now there's this track. And is it a track where enthusiasts can go drive, or yeah, do they actually have races? Unfortunately, there's Porsches and BMWs there, too. Oh, oh, they're letting in those people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but uh, in my lead follow, I had to follow a Camaro. Oh. But that's okay. But that's still a Chevy, right? Yeah. Still a Chevy, and, <laughs> and he was far enough out there that I could do what I wanted to do. Okay, so. good. So, yeah, so I did the Bowling Green um, thing. And I did it. <laughs> I'd just driven from Albuquerque to Fort Smith. Yeah. Fort Smith to Bowling Green. Albuquerque to Fort Smith. That's that big. Right. All right. Fort Smith to Bowling Green. Almost as far. Yeah. I got, I pulled into Bowling Green, pulled into the museum, went to see Shane Webb, the guy that took care of me, delivered uh, Calypso to me. And I said, Shane, can I get on the track? There's a storm coming. Uh oh. If I have to wait till tomorrow, there's a risk that I won't be able to get on the track. He says, Yeah, they're, they're still open for another half hour, 45 minutes. Oh, right on. I'll call them. Okay. Here, go over there. So I got on the track. I was the last one. There was nobody else around. Just the driver, the guy that hosts you, and me. Nice. I had the track to myself. If you don't mind me asking, how much does something like that cost? 50 bucks. Oh, geez. That's an easy decision. I mean, when you're like, you know. I spent more than that on T-shirts. Yeah. I mean, this is like going to Jerusalem for some people. It's like. Absolutely. A, you know, this is a big deal. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. Pursuit of happiness. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I got done uh, on the track. It started at dark 30. I went to the hotel. Another, I was a regular Motel 6 I stayed at there, mm -hmm. watching the dollars and cents. Yeah, well, yeah. But I'd stayed there before. It was a nice place. Now, um, is there like... A Bowling Green in Bowling Green. Is that why it's called that? Do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's Corvette Mecca. Yeah, that's all you can think about. Is, yeah, yeah, right on. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for the digression. <laughs> I always wondered that. A lot of horse stables around the place. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot yeah. of uh, green rolling hills with white fences. Some. Once, Some. You, get out of the, once you get out of the community where the... Yeah. That's the vision that I have in my head. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, there's the main highway. I can't even remember what the number of it is. And then there's the main drag that cuts into it. So you've got three plots of land right at mm -hmm. that intersection. The factory's on one side with the motels and stuff. Then there's a museum and then many museums, privately held things. Oh, cool. In that area. And then on the opposite side is this racetrack. That, wow. So it's it, – if you zoom in, if you go to my map on Google Earth, when I publish it, you'll be able to zoom in and see everything I did, including the stops at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to see that. 
Okay, yeah. good. Um, so the next day was Bowling Green to Richmond, and I ran into the storm that I was anticipating, but it didn't hit Bowling Green. It went north of Bowling Green, and it went up into West Virginia, and it rained the entire time I was in West Virginia. Wow. I mean, from border to border. And it was a toll road. So you had to stop and pay and... I told, I told, I said, I didn't see your state. <laughs> I, I'm not paying the toll. I didn't see anything except yeah. a rain cloud for yeah. the border to border. Now you got to pay the toll. No, I don't have any cash. Sorry, I ain't paying it. You really? You did that? Then what happened? <laughs> they sent me a bill. Oh, they did. <laughs> okay. They had my plate. Yeah. They sent me a bill. So, yeah, my little rebellion against uh, yeah. West Virginia toll commission failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> but you felt good doing it, I'm sure. Five time. bucks. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Now, I, I remember someone made a comment to me about West Virginia. It's an incredibly mountainous area. Yeah. And that the running, I don't know if this is a running joke or if this was serious, but the football field where the West Virginia Mountaineers play is the largest piece of land that's perfectly flat. And is not on an incline in the entire state. And I'm like, that can't be true. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> that's not true. There's lots of flat. Okay. But yeah. it's a lot of mountains, right? It's a lot of mountains. And that's the thing that was upsetting is because, you know, it was not a full speed run for the day. Uh, a lot of twisty turnies, a lot of ass turns. And in the rain. And in the rain, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So yeah. you just got to go slow and yeah. take your time. Got to be careful and yeah, right not on. ruin Calypso yeah, a yeah. long way from home. Yeah, yeah. However, I did see a Tesla on the back of a flatbed coming really? back home. So I said, hmm, I wonder where his trip started. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Somebody's getting towed home. So I made it to Richmond on schedule and with my sister. Now... This is the first trip that I've made to the East Coast with my mom not there. Oh. And this was a renewal of family relationship. Um, we've got some common territory, my sister and I. She uh, joined me. She took over the passenger seat. And we went down to North Carolina for the first ash casting ceremony, but not until we'd had two days at her house where I was not leaving to go over and see my mom. I've stayed at my sister's before, but it was always just a place to crash. Right. Well, my real mission was to go visit my mom. Right. Okay. I didn't even visit the place where my mom lived. I stayed with my sister the entire time. Uh, it's been 50 years since she and I spent time together with no other family member involved. Ah. Uh, this is life. Was it kind of awkward at first? And then, no. And then the... No. We, we, I, I can honestly say that I, I was absolutely delighted because we just remeshed like two perfectly ground gears beautiful yeah yeah a lot of common goals a lot of things we'd never talked about before came out 
And she's lived on the East Coast her whole life. Yep. You've no, gone- well, no. She's been a little bit of a... <laughs> she's not as over the top as I am. She's much more studious. She was dean of admissions for Virginia School of Medicine. Oh, wow. She's, she's a smart cookie. Yeah, I can tell, yeah. Part of the problem I had is that I was... She's six years older than I am. So in... My early days, she won Eisenhower's Thanksgiving Day proclamation. It was due to my sister that I met Richard Nixon and John Kennedy in Washington, D.C., because she won the second place in the National Thanksgiving Day proclamation contest. Wow. She's an overachiever. Yeah. Sounds (laughs) like it. All right. And when you're me, I had a tough keeping up with my sister. Yeah. I almost ended up having to go to the high school where her picture was in the front hallway coming into the school. Oh, wow. She's a celebrated alumni. Yes. Fortunately, my parents moved to Lincoln, Rhode Island, and I got to go to Lincoln High rather than West High School. So I escaped that bullet. But, yeah, I... So there were some reasons for animosity between the two of us based on me having to play catch-up as a kid to my sister's goals. But I'd say now we meshed like two gears. It was perfect. Nice. Yeah. Scared the shit out of her. After the Nags had – I mean, after the North Carolina thing, I was – she had me on two-lane roads going to North Carolina, so some passing was involved. Uh-oh. And I came around this one turn, and there's a bull in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, it was on the passenger side, so if anything bad had happened, it was her side of the car. But, you know, yeah, it gets your attention. A bull. Wow. No shit. Yeah, yeah. A bull. Yeah, like really big. <laughs> yeah, bigger than Calypso. But if you're, yeah, if it's a two-lane road and you're doing a passing move in the opposite lane and and you're already going around a turn, which is dangerous on its own, and all of a sudden there's a bull where you least expect it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an exciting part of the trip. Yeah, you guys are probably catching your breath after that. Yeah. So the stop, life, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yes. The stop in Richmond for the two days plus the two-day drive with my sister in the passenger seat going down to North Carolina and then to Nags Head and then up to Virginia Beach was golden. Yeah. My mom and dad have no fears of us not getting along. Beautiful. And meanwhile, they were in the back seat with you the whole drive. The whole drive. That's nice. That's the whole drive. Yeah. Yeah, and we would refer to him every once in a while. Did you hear that, Ma? You know, you <laughs> oh, well. So, um, as I said, we took off from Richmond. My sister's in the passenger seat, and we went down to North Carolina. And this was the first time I got to see my niece's house. She recently got married. This is your sister's daughter. Correct. Okay. And again, I left on this trip with the thought in my head, that I may not have any reason to visit the East Coast ever again. Hmm. Heavy. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I've got family back there, 
but really the person who kept me coming back to the East Coast on a regular plate, regular basis was my mom. These are all adults. They're all living their own lives now. There's coordinating vacations and stuff like that, you know. That could possibly be my last visit. But uh, no, those those are those ideas are totally gone. Wow. Okay. Beautiful place. My niece and her new husband, Glenn, Deirdre and Glenn, they got married at their house on this peninsula of land uh, on an inlet but facing the Atlantic Ocean. That's a pretty special area, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, roughly speaking, isn't that like where Kitty Hawk is? Or This is down south, 260-some miles south of there. Okay. This is deep into North Carolina's coastline. And then what's the other? Is it Cape Fear? Is yep. that That's around there somewhere too, yep. isn't it? Yep. Yep. So, I, they got hit by the hurricane last oh, year. I'm sure they, yeah. As a matter of fact, the room I slept in at their place, I called it the flood room because it's the one bedroom that's on the ground level. Oh. The rest of the house is one floor up. So if the hurricane had come up, that was the bedroom that was sacrificial. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it's got great views. I mean, the two it's got windows that overlook the inlet, and then on the other wall, it's got windows that overlook the bay, the, the ocean out there. You know, I, and I saw one of your Facebook videos from that location, and it was spectacular. It is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. So they have one part of their yard that they remember as this is where the wedding ceremony was held. Okay. And they have another part of the yard, which is where the reception was held. Okay. But there's this spit of land that goes out into the water. And we decided that's where we'll do the ash casting ceremony out there. Nice. So, uh, unfortunately, the day of the ceremony, the winds were in the wrong direction and we were going to get covered with ash. Oh, okay. (laughs) But Glenn got his boat out, took us all out on the boat, off the point of land. So now we're in the right direction. Oh, wonderful. Did the ash casting? Yes, the ash did. Bl- ashes did blow, but it went onto this spit of land, which I have renamed. Oh, perfect. Adorian Point. A, A for Albert, and then D- D- Dorian for my mom. It's A, capital A D, lowercase O R R I E N, Adorian Point. Wonderful. And Deirdre's got a memory now. Oh, yeah, a big time memory. Between the wedding and the reception. Those are her grandparents. Is her grandparents. Wow. Cool. Now, if you don't mind me asking this, um, when you have the ceremony itself, mm-hmm. I mean, is there a template or, or you just kind of do what you feel is natural? We do what we feel is natural. And I'm, it's family private. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I was just curious if there was a, a structure to something like that or if it's just a personal moment. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. The one, the ones that we have done to date, okay, have been just the participants who were there. Okay. Um, there was five of us at a Dorian Point, in North mm-hmm. Carolina. At Nagside, it was just my sister and I. It was Sunday, Memorial Day weekend. There were a thousand people on the beach. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a little awkward. We're not going to go out and spread ashes all over everybody's, yeah. you know, watermelon yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It ain't going to happen, you know. So my sister, the genius that she is, said, well, here is the deck where my mom used to come down and watch the sunrise. So we got up on the bank of sand in front of that deck, and we dug a little hole in went the ashes. Perfect. Now, we got to wait for the next hurricane before the ashes actually get into the ocean. But they eventually will. But they will. Yeah. That, so that's, that's well that. done. Yeah. So that was that. Now, up to Rhode Island, skipping way ahead, my dad was a clergyman at St. Luke's in, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Uh, that's where I was raised, in in the rectory. And uh, so I had gotten in touch with Reverend Bucco, Reverend Dennis Bucco, and asked him if he would officiate at an ash casting ceremony at the house on Great Road. Oh, okay. So we had a number of people there, and it was a regular Episcopalian service. Okay. Yeah, so this is kind of some of my curiosity. Yeah. So very interesting. So each event was special in its own way. In its setting and everything else. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I was two when I left Syracuse. I have no memory of the house I was born in. Right. All right. You think that stopped me? No. I rang the doorbell of the house <laughs> that I was born in. Right. Uh, met Rose. She invited me into her house when I told her why I was there. Nice. She gave me a tour of her house. Showed me the most likely room that I was in as an infant. Awesome. And, and I, I did read that Facebook post. Yeah. She, she, she sounded wonderful, but she said no photos. No photos. She's a very <laughs> private woman. She, yeah. <laughs> a nut comes rings your doorbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, credit to the lady. I mean, she had some smarts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this guy is real or not. Right. But then the question came. My mom told me she used to take me in the baby coach down to a creek. And that's where she wanted her ashes, was in the creek. That's where I, she used to roll me. She says, oh, it's, yeah, it's two houses down. We're talking a roadside ditch. Really is. <laughs> it's a ditch. The road's there. There's a ditch. But it's running water. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's half the size of the creek at Great Road. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying... If this, my sister said that's where it is, okay, that's where this lady says it is, that's what my mom described, okay. And that's what it is. <laughs> it was a minute and a half ceremony. Right. <laughs> Here you go, Ma. Hope this is right. You know. <laughs> In the car onto Watkins Glen. So, um, no, in between there was <laughs> Ithaca. Uh, my dad, I'm not, I still haven't got the answer yet. I don't know whether he was a student or he was a teaching at that point, but he at Cornell. Oh, wow. And uh, I got to think he was a student still. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, his mid 30s when I was born. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of old for a student, even for a you yeah, know, but graduate degree. He had more degrees. The letters in the degrees after his name were more than the letters in his name. <laughs> he had English and theology, and you know, yeah, yeah. There were more letters in the in the degrees than there was in his name. Interesting. 
Wow. So, so yeah, maybe he was a student working on some more of those letters. And my, and my mom said, well, I want him buried in this park area where I used to find your dad when he wasn't where he was supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe he was a student. Okay. Um, Beautiful park. Beautiful lake. People were there late in the afternoon eating their pizza. Yeah. (laughs) Dumping ashes in the pond. Lake. Not a pond. It's a lake. But yeah, that was done. And Ithaca was only 45 minutes away from Watkins Glen. Oh, yes. So, uh, took off first thing in the morning from the hotel for Watkins Glen, and I was excited. Cause and that's in upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. I had not been back to Watkins Glen since 1969. Oh, wow. Uh, I was on leave from uh, Navy schools and... I had made uh, plans with some friends of mine to go to a sports car race at Watkins Glen. And so we worked our way across Connecticut and (coughs) into New York, heading to Watkins Glen, and we ran into all this traffic. I said, God, it it was thick traffic. And uh, we said, this this many people can't be going to a sports car race. We stuck it out for about another hour or so, and mm-hmm. it, it was there was no it was not an accident. These people were going places together in unison. I said, "Well, if there's this many people are going to a sports car race, we're too late to get there. there we there won't be room for us." Right. So we turned around and headed back. We went home. I missed Woodstock. <laughs> The crowds were going to Woodstock. Right. Which was between where we were and Watkins Glen. Right. So because of Woodstock, I never made it to the sports car race at Watkins Glen. Wow. So I've had a lifelong objective is to make it to Watkins Glen. And I did. Nice. But the Audi Club had bought into the track for the morning. I had to wait till noon to get uh, on the track. Okay. Half a day of driving across country. But I made it to Watkins Glen. So what, what's more special for you, Bowling Green or Watkins Glen, as, as far as the track itself? The track itself, I'd have to say, it's an undecided. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're both pulling on your heartstrings. Yeah. I mean, Bowling Green, because they've done a spectacular job, and I am going to write to them and tell them that they're not doing near enough a good job to promote this track for what it is. I mean, they're just saying, oh, come and you know, run your car on our track. Right. That's as far as they go. Oh, it could be so much more. It's so much more. If they describe what the features are of the track, they'll get a lot more people who want to go test their metal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's what they do for Watkins Glen. Everybody, everybody wants to do the S turn at Watkins Glen. You know, so it's it's world famous. It's it's you got to know what you're doing to do mm-hmm. the S turn at Watkins Glen properly. Did I do it properly on this thing? No. Was I allowed to? No. But I've done Watkins Glen. So, 
Now, which was, which was the one I saw the video where you were following another car? That was at Watkins Glen. Both. At both, both of them. Yeah. And I, they were showing your speedometer, and I, you really could never really get much above 65. No. Because no. they, were, they were keeping you in check. Yep. So that must have been a little bit frustrating. Frustrating, but um, I'm 69. <laughs> My reaction time is not as good. I probably would have done something I would have regretted. Hmm. So, yeah, it's good to have the principal in the schoolyard every once in a while. So you're wearing your helmet when you're driving these trucks? No, I, that's another thing I brought that I didn't have to bring with me. I didn't need the helmet at Bowling Green, and I didn't need it at Watkins Glen. Because so I saw that you had packed it just I in case. I had packed it just in case. That's yeah. all you need a helmet, you know. Mm-hmm. I had it. Well, that that covers that. I want to go back to, before I get into the finishing, no, I'll finish that first. Let me finish the trip. All right. Um, then I'm going to go back and talk about Rhode Island and the Friends. Okay. All right. That's a s- separate thing. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I got out of Watkins Glen at about 12.30, 12.45. And how far can I go? Well, Columbus, Ohio is as far as I made it. But that's okay because it put Indianapolis within reach in the early morning the next day. And it put St. Louis in reach the next day, possibly as far as Kansas City. So I said, okay. Yeah. So let's skip to that day because the first mission was Indianapolis. Was I going to get any track time? No. You're not going to get any track time at Indianapolis ever again. It's just too busy. Busy? With what? NASCAR had the track that day, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, con- the track is always under professional use all the time. Really? Yeah. So they just have the, the, they have the Brickyard race, which is the NASCAR race, mm-hmm. and the Indy 500. Yep. But there's always companies, organizations renting the track, big bucks. Ah. It's not a 50 bucks thing. Yeah. So there may be test driving yeah. or practicing. Practicing or something. They, they were practicing. Interesting. That day. I said, look, all I want to do is get a picture of the Calypso sitting on top of the bricks. I'll settle for that. Yeah. And I says, that doesn't even, it, the bricks continue on down all the way down to the winter circle thing. It doesn't, you know, I don't necessarily have to be on the track. Yeah. No, I can't allow that. Wow. I said, 100 bucks. No, can't allow it. Hardcore. So, yeah, got in the car, drove away from Indianapolis on my way to St. Louis. And the confluence, which was mm-hmm. 30 feet underwater. And I knew that. You know, I already knew that the chance of going to the confluence, which is where my mom wanted to be buried, wasn't going to happen. So I was sitting rather dejectedly on the side of the river, there. I took an exit just before the river. Actually, the exit for the road next to the river was closed. I had to take the exit before that. But that's where the river was. Right, right. Uh (laughs) Okay. There was a reason that other exit was closed. It was flooded. Right. All right. So is the confluence kind of near St. Louis? It's just above it, just north. Okay. Yeah. It's where the Missouri and the Mississippi meet. Right. Yeah. And it's just above St. Louis, about okay. probably 
20, 30 miles. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, 270. Not, not 70. 70 goes through St. Louis, mm-hmm. but 270, which is the bypass route. Right. That's the road I was on. Okay. To get to the confluence. But with the confluence being closed, I exited before the river, hoping I could scope out something. Well, <coughs> I wonder, under, I mean, it's, it's obviously flooded, so that changed your plan. But under normal circumstances, when those two rivers are coming together, it must be a lot of action. That's exactly what my mom was describing to me, and she was very interested in having some ashes done. Yeah. She says, because depending on which river is running faster determines which direction the whirlpools are in when the two Uh, bodies of water meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the Missouri is traveling faster than the Mississippi, the whirlpools go counterclockwise. Ah. If the Mississippi is moving faster than the Missouri, they're going... That makes sense. The other way. Okay. And that's that's the phenomenon that you can see at Confluence Point. You can actually walk down into the water and see these whirlpools right in front of you. Uh, th- that is cool. I, I, I want to go see that. Yeah. So put, yeah. It, put it on your bucket list. <laughs> I missed mine. So I'm sitting there kind of dejected on the – it wasn't even the river. I was sitting on the on the on what was left of the canal. The canal's underwater. Really? Yeah. I was sitting on a road with the Mississippi covering the road. Wow. Okay. And it was the last place where I could park Calypso without getting her tires wet. Hmm. All right. And I was sitting there, and this guy comes up on a bicycle. And he says, what you doing? I says, I'm trying to find a place where I can do a burial of some ashes. He says, what? I, sh- I opened up the back hatch of Calypso. I says, it's my mom and dad there. And I'm on a cross-country trip burying these ashes. He says, oh, I'll take you. Can you keep up with me? <laughs> He's on a bicycle. Right. So he took off. I had to p- yeah, do a yeah, number of turns yeah. to get around. I finally caught him. He's, what he did, he went back down the road. There was another road that was running parallel but going up. And because it was going up, I hadn't taken it. Originally, because I was going down. I was looking for the river. So I caught up with him, and finally, we were the only ones out there, and and I says, where are you going? He says, we're going to this String of Rocks Bridge. I said, what's that? He says, it's a bridge that goes out over the river, but nobody uses it anymore. It's abandoned. Oh. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So now I'm following him. We get to this parking lot before the bridge. The bridge is closed. Not open to traffic. It, it was almost as wide as that table. And that was it. Wow. So it's an old bridge. An old bridge. Yeah. Right. Like a walking bridge, not a car bridge. Okay. I'd be hard-pressed, okay, to put a car on it. Yeah. So I get the ashes out of the car. He's mm-hmm. talking my ear off. He finally introduced himself, Alan. Alan, Okay. Okay. Alan from the Confluence. <laughs> <laughs> Near the Confluence. Near? Okay. Um, so he says, all right, we gotta, we got to go up on the bridge. Yeah, I said, I, I am. I'm getting the ashes. Just give me a minute. i got to get a camera. I want to film this. You know, he said, yeah, okay. He's doing circles and stuff. 
finally he's i get all ready and i start walking across the parking lot and he takes off across the bridge ahead of me it says something about route 66 there oh i got your I attention says, this is route 66 here and he says yeah Wow. (laughs) So I'm walking across the bridge, and it's suddenly dawned on me. Is this the Route 66 bridge? And he said, yeah. I thought, yeah. (laughs) It's just things, I mean, you could barely get one car on it, but this was Highway 66 across the Mississippi. Really? Yes. So you're just talking about there's a, for people that are watching on YouTube, the table that Pete pointed at is the same size as this table. It's about a car width. Like a really narrow car. With. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's chattering away the whole time. I've uh-huh. got the camera on. The floodwaters are up the trees. I mean, the trees look like bushes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. On a, a yard of gray water, a brown water. Yeah. So I'm video- I said, holy shit, this floodwater. He says, yeah, it's the highest it's been since 1993. Oh, wow. This is the worst flooding. He says, it's up 75 feet here. 75 feet? (laughs) Yeah. He says, I'm going to show you some towers that are down on the bank of the river. It's a half a mile between the tops of these buildings and the bank on the far side. That's how flooded the Mississippi is right now. Wow. I had no chance of going to the confluence. (laughs) But. I made it to the Route 66 bridge. I never even knew it existed. Nice. So just a happenstance. I, I drove right past this on my Route 66 trip. People out there listening to this podcast, if you ever want to do Route 66, go to this bridge. It's just south of uh, 270. It's called the Chain of Rocks Bridge. But it is actually the Route 66 bridge. And one car would go across at a time. And how long is this bridge? About two miles. Wow. (laughs) How would they, like two miles, the cars are going in both directions, but only one at a time. They must have been stacking them up. That's what the parking lot was about. You had to wait your turn to go across, and they'd let them across in batches. Ah. (laughs) All right. So anyway, I did the ash casting ceremony at the center of the bridge. There's a a line down the middle of the bridge. Illinois, Missouri. Okay. All right. Mississippi, Missouri. Here you go, Ma. (laughs) That's pretty good. Right between the two. Right on. All right. And I made my way back to the cars. I'm driving out of the parking lot. There's a truck across the road. I'm approaching slowly, and finally I get up within three or four car lengths of him, and he rolls out of the way. I passed on the road behind him, and I stopped, and I said, what are you doing? He says, oh, we're closing this down. It's in danger of being flooded. The bridge. So <laughs> you just barely made it. I made it by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. Another 15, 20 minutes, I may not have made it. Well, it's just like when you were in Bowling Green and you just barely made it onto the track. Yeah. So this is this is a beautiful trip for you. This, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> what time we got here? <laughs> um, 
Okay. That was uh, St. Louis. I got one more ash casting ceremony to do in the Colorado. This is the one I was most interested in. And uh, how far can I make it tonight? I made it to Kansas City. I'm about an hour outside of Kansas City, and for some strange reason, I'm going to have to come back to this story. I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to skip ahead. Okay. Come back to the, remind me to come back and tell you the tire story. The tire story. Okay. Okay. So I'm driving the next day. I'm driving across Kansas. I f- finally get on the flat, slow grade coming up to the Rockies because you're going from uh, about a thousand feet to five thousand feet over the distance of the state of Kansas. Right. Okay, so about halfway across, you start to see the Rocky Mountains ahead of you. But there are a lot, they were a lot higher than I expected them to be. And that's three quarters of the way across Kansas, I realized those aren't just mountains. Those are clouds over those mountains. Mm. Pick up the phone. I call the park ranger up there west of Denver that I'd been talking to about where is the beginning of the Colorado River? Right. And uh, he, I gave him my name. He says, oh, yeah. He says, you're not going to make it. The roads are closed due to snow. We got a storm rolling through. There's snow in the roads. We've got the roads closed. You, you can't make it. I can't make it. So that was what one of the special spots your mom wanted to go. One of the special spots. So what would so, you do? Called my sister. Uh-huh. I said, what do you think? What do you do? She says, Okay, I'm going to find another spot for you. She called me back about 15 minutes later. All right. And she said, all right, you're going to go to Dutzero. It's just off the off-ramp from Interstate 70. It's the first place that the Colorado crosses over Interstate 70. You should be able to find a place somewhere at the beginning of the Colorado River that's close to a road that you can be on there. Sure enough, took the off-ramp in Dotsero, and there's the Colorado River right there. It's about 50, 60 feet across Mm. and flowing quickly. I mean, I saw a tree go down. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So they got stormy weather upstream. Yeah. That the park ranger was not wrong. When I saw the tree going down the river, I said, "That's stronger than I want to be." But that was good advice from your sister because you're you're in Colorado. You're not that far away from the source of the river. Mm-hmm. The river is only about fif- forty five minutes away. Yeah, and it's at and the the river is only fifty or sixty feet across yeah. right, compared to the Mississippi, right? Um, Which was a mile across. <laughs> yeah. Too in this situation, um, and it was didn't require you to go through extraordinary, you know, feats just to reach that destination. So I think that was a good compromise. Yeah, it considering a good, it was a good call, yeah, uh, I think it was a good place. Yeah, and it had a footbridge. Perfect. Yeah, so I think that's a good. Uh, your sister, you always said she's very smart. She's a very smart woman. Yeah. So the good advice. Yeah. So I went to the middle of the footbridge. This is, sorry, Mom, this is close as I could get. So are you carrying the urn with you the whole time? No, no, no. Because that would be delicate, yeah. yeah. No. 
what we had done in Richmond way back at the beginning, mm-hmm. Cynthia's husband Jim and I took he did he's a doctor. Ah, okay. So he took equal portion. He had the gloves. Okay, good, nice. You know the whole thing, but nevertheless, they were baggies. But but you had them preset. Equal amounts. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that made it real clean and simple for you. Yep. Right on. Yep. Okay, good. So yeah, yeah. So my sorry, this is as close as I get. get. I unzip the baggie and nobody's <laughs> looking. Dumped it in the Colorado. Ashes to ashes. Ashes to. A- yeah. My dad used to say, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And I said, well, somebody's coming or going under the bed. <laughs> Whoosh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then I went down Interstate 70. I made it to uh, Grand Junction that night. But you go through a lot of Interstate 70 through Colorado is zigzagging back and forth across the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. And as fast as that river was moving, I think... It was a tight race between my mom and dad and me. Hmm. Yeah. So So now the next ceremony will be La Jolla Cove. Oh, you haven't done that one yet? I have not done that one. That that one's going to be December 21st, where the whole West Coast family will go have a celebration in La Jolla. Nice. And I think my sister's coming out for it. Oh, perfect. And I think my son is coming home from the Czech Republic for it. Perfect. Well, great so. reason to reconnect with family, like you were saying. It's beautiful. Life. Life? Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That I just spent the last hour, I think, talking about the life part. Yeah. A little bit of pursuit of happiness in there. Yeah. The track days. Let's talk about liberty. Let's do it. Okay. So a great country. And... I went off and joined the Navy straight out of high school in a minor rebellion against my dad. Mm. He had plans of, I mean, he put me in St. Dunstan's Boys School, which was a fast track to Brown University, which was a, you know, yada, yada, yada. Not for me. I. He did something, and I took advantage of it, and I did not need parental consent to join the Navy when I graduated from high school. So I went down and joined the Navy without telling my folks. I came home that night and said, all those plans you made for me. Ooh. Ooh. Forget it. I'm in the Navy. Uh-oh. So it worked out well for me. Yeah. Well, you've told me about your adventures yeah. on the submarines. Yeah. And- yeah. So it worked out well for me. But I left a week after graduation. And I left a lot of good friends behind. And now they're having a class reunion. And now I was back in Rhode Island. And I was able to visit the home that I grew up in. I was able to visit with friends that I grew up with. They're still there. Nice. And uh, the liberty to live your life as you choose to Mm -hmm. is an important thing. Yes, it is. Big time. And when you find out uh, one of the things I noticed about Rhode Island is I there was a neighborhood gas station, Larry's Lincoln Golf. I worked there. A friend of mine, several of my friends worked at Larry's Lincoln Golf. It was the mobile station. 
there was the Atlantic Richfield gas station. Those are the three main gas stations in Lincoln, Rhode Island. There are a lot of business. They're all repair facilities now. Hmm. Okay. But I'm going to focus on Larry's Inc. and Go. Because uh, I had talked to my friend who now runs his business out of the old mobile station. Okay. He's auto mechanic by trade. Mm -hmm. Helped me out tremendously with the tire. Oh, right on. Okay. So I had been talking to him, and I said, you know, whoever ended up with Larry's Inc. and Golf, was it as we forecasted it was going to be whoever married Larry's daughter? Mm -hmm. Which you knew, and you even dated her for a while, thinking that this was a prerequisite to get the business, was marrying his daughter, but you guys didn't get along. He said, no, we didn't get along. But, yeah, the owner now is married to Larry's daughter. (laughs) Sweet. Just exactly as we, us teenagers had forecasted it. Love that. You know. So. Um, That's another auto repair facility now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I couldn't resist. I mean, it took me a couple of days, but um, <laughs> I went in there and I said, okay, who's the owner? Mm. And the guy says, you just missed him. He just walked out. He'll be right back, though. He's just out seeing a customer to the car. I said, okay, fine. He says, what do you need to see him for? I says, I want to see who married Larry's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) So he walked back in the door. I says, so you married Larry's daughter. Glad to meet you. Right on. Uh, Larry had taken a liking to me. He had my picture that I'd sent him from Navy boot camp when I was first in the service. I've had a three-piece suit on, and I'm standing between two Playboy bunnies at the Playboy Club in Chicago. Really? And he had that on his wall in oh. the gas station. It's still there. <laughs> it is? <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. awesome. I said, that's me. I said, holy shit. I said, yeah, I've been here for 50 years. Wow. You know, so it was kind of an interesting little interlude there at Larry's Lincoln Gulf, which is no longer Larry's Lincoln Gulf. It's just Larry's repair shop now. So the guy that married Larry's daughter, um, was he a classmate of yours or was he no. a local? No, I I don't know. I didn't know him personally. So Okay, interesting. But he ended up at the gas station. So that bridges on to um, two stories. I think I'm going to do the tire first. Um, the day I was supposed to leave, packing the car up from the Airbnb. I stayed in an Airbnb. The whole you did? Time. Yes. How'd you like it? Um, I'll stick with hotels. <laughs> did, you have a, did you have the place to yourself or yeah. a room in someone's house? I, I had the whole first floor of somebody's house. Okay. But the second floor was also out for rent, too. So. Interesting. Yeah, there's a little but. Nah, it's not my cup of tea. I'll stay in hotels. That's all good. But the prices of hotels in Rhode Island are through the ceiling. Really? And Lincoln doesn't own one of them. You have to go outside the town of Lincoln to find a hotel. So when I found this Airbnb, I said, at least I'm in town. Yeah, right. So that had a value to it. Sure. So uh, got the car all loaded up with my stuff. I'm making sure the place is good to leave you know i get in the car and 
you're nine pounds low on your right rear tire. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Go to a gas station, put nine pounds of air in. Went to St. Luke's for to speak at the church service at 8 o'clock, as Reverend Bruco and I had agreed, and I spoke to the church and toured the church. I mean, I haven't stepped foot in that church in 40 years. 1995 was the last time I stepped foot in that church. Wow. When my dad passed, mm. we had the funeral service for his mm. passing there. But I toured through the church, brought back a lot of good memories, and then I went out, and you're four pounds low on the rear tire. Mm. This is not good. Hey, Google, discount tire near me. Uh, closest discount tire is in New Jersey. Oh, well, okay, not going to discount I, tire. No. Tire repair. Closed, 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 closed. Sunday. I forgot. Rhode Island shuts up on Sunday. There's no business. But there were a Firestone. I went there, and they said, oh, we can't touch that. We don't have the equipment for it. Yeah. So I was starting to get in trouble. Called my friend Gary. Gary, I think I got a leak in my tire. He said, oh, I'll send my nephew Kevin over to the shop. Why don't you go over there, and he'll fix it for you. So they put a plug in it. You don't put a plug in a Corvette tire. Yeah. Not a run flat. But... I got to get going. Yeah, yeah. All right. I know the technology behind plugs. Not the best thing. I've just destroyed the tire, but I'm miles away from discount tire, hundreds of miles away. So I'll plug it. See how it does. It made it through Watkins Glen. <laughs> Good. Made it to Columbus. Good. Past the Mississippi. I'm an hour outside of Kansas City. I wonder what my tire's doing. Check the tire pressure. I'm three pounds low. Uh-oh. Okay, it's still not right. Yeah. But now I'm in discount tire territory. Mm-hmm. Hey, Google, where's discount tire near me? 20 miles away. Perfect. It's right off the freeway. I called them. Told them what the situation was. Oh, yeah, come on right in. We'll take care of you. Now, listen to this. I pull in the driveway to discount tire. The kid I was talking to was in the parking lot waiting for me. All right. I said, you've been out here all this time? He says, no. He says, I judged you were, you know, you're driving a Corvette. You were 20 miles away. I came out here about three or four minutes ago. I expected you. (laughs) Okay. Very clever kid. Yeah. All right. He says, I'm sorry to tell you we don't have your tire. And we don't. We recommend a replacement. We've dug up your records. I says, how'd you dig up my records? He said, we have your phone number. When you called, we had your phone number. We know you're a discount tire customer. You need to replace this tire. You're going to do it under warranty. We don't have the tire. So if you want to get a hotel room and come back in the morning, we can replace it. Then we'll get the tire here overnight. It'll be here in the morning. Or you can go down to where the tire is 45 minutes away at another discount tire place. I said, I'll go down there. He gave me the directions. I got in the car. I took off. They were waiting for me. Wow. (laughs) All right. He says, Mr. Neal, he says, 
do you know Jesse Neeld? I said, yeah, he's my son. He says, I went to school with him. Whoa. And here you're like in Kansas City. I'm in Kansas City, <laughs> South Kansas City. I'm yeah. not even close to the freeway now. Mm-hmm. I'm 45 minutes from the freeway, and his kid's running a store, discount tire. He's no kid. He's my son's age. He's running the store. <laughs> Amazing. So how did he? So where where did your son grow up? Here in, in San Poway. in Poway. So how do you got that guy get to Kansas City? Apparently, there's a program. When you're working at Discount Tire, if you want to go through their management training thing, they will then send you, give you the opportunity to manage a store, and his was Kansas City. Ah, so he relocated. He relocated to Kansas City. So this guy was from Poway, too. He was from Poway. Right on. The sun never sets on Poway. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing story? It is. That's incredible. All I had to pay for was the update on the warranty for that new tire, 75 bucks. It's a $500 tire. But did you only put one tire on or did you put the pair on? No, I put one on. That's okay? Well, the set was only two months old. Ah, okay. So you're fine. I'm fine. It's one trip across country. That's all that's on it. But (laughs) to run into another kid from Poway? Yeah, yeah. Running the store in Kansas City where I happened to have a tire that went bad that started in Rhode Island? That yeah, that your friend's nephew fixed for you. That got me that far. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, angels on your shoulder watching over you. It's an unbelievable aspect yeah. of the story. I got the receipts to prove it, people. <laughs> oh, well, I believe it. But it is. It's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Customer service. I don't. That was the last kid I talked to that knew me. Or thought he knew me. But they they sensed the urgency in this whole situation. They knew what the issue, this guy's traveling across country. He's got a bad tire. He's our customer. He's bought into the warranty. His tire's under warranty. What do we got to do to get him back on the road? Well, a hell of a lot better than State Farm. <laughs> State Farm. <laughs> That's an amazing customer service. Yeah, that's awesome. See, we, you know, and, and you, your last time you were here, you were talking about the customer service with General Motors with Chevrolet and how they were awesome. There's a lot of really good people out there that work in companies that do great work. People cannot badmouth this country. Yeah, we're through through a period, of, but we're critical. We're we're divisive amongst ourselves. Oh, totally, totally. But you take any one of those individuals on either side, and we're good people. I think. I, I yeah. Uh, as a general rule, I as think a you're general right. rule, yeah. we've got great people in this country. That's right. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Alan <laughs> walked me to a perfect place. Yeah. I won't mention the other names except Discount Tire. I, I told him, I says, I got too many people to thank. I got the store up there by the freeway. <laughs> I got the store here. Well, I, I got the store in Poway that sold me the tires in the first place. And, and you've got the lovely lady in the Super 8 motel. And the, the great lady at the Super 8. <laughs> yeah. To say nothing of the UPS driver that I met in a road stop. He watched out for me halfway across the country. 
I don't understand that one. That's a, that's I, pulled st- a, I pulled into a roadside rest stop. I'm human. I do have to pee. Okay. Yeah, right. All right. I pulled into the parking spot. It was just, usually they separate the cars from the trucks. Yeah. This was not separated. Okay. There was a UPS truck parked there. I come out of the men's room. He's standing over by Calypso. He says, this some kind of fancy car. <laughs> I said, I like it. Yeah. He says, I've been watching you for a day and a half. Really? Yeah. He says, you've passed me twice. I, I said, okay, you got my attention. He says, yeah, I drive from Chicago to Los Angeles in three days, me and my partner who's asleep in the truck right now. I'm just here stretching my legs. Mm-hmm. We got fuel that covers us for a long distance. So the only time we have to stop is to stretch our legs. I said, well, the men's room. He said, no, we got solutions for that, too. (laughs) He said, we don't have to stop. Yeah. He says, so every time you pull off, I pass you, and then you have to pass me. He says, I've been watching you all the way across. That's awesome. All right. So he says, "Uh, where are you going? I said, San Diego. He says, oh, I'll be able to watch you all the way to San Diego. That's where he was going to? L.A. L.A., yeah, right on. But, I mean, sure enough, I passed him three more times, and every time I went by, he gave me the thumbs up. Nice. No cops. That was the sign. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the CB radio talking to all his buddies, talking yeah. about a blue Corvette heading west. Cool. Unbelievable. The people you meet along the way, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Final story. We talk about history in Poway. Our history goes back to about 1880s. You just did a thing on the Old Stone Lodge. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about Heartbreak, the Heartbreak House. Ah, this is we're back in Lincoln, Rhode Island. Lincoln, Rhode Island. Now being managed by the wife of one of my friends and therefore she was one of my friends also she's running the Lincoln Historical Society it appears I'm not going to be careful about titles here but she's key so I went up to what I called the Heartbreak House this is a southern style mansion wow big columns in front yeah okay large porch stone Southern-style mansion in the middle of New England. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's his odd, yeah. This guy, can't remember his name now, wanted this girl to marry him, and she was from down south. Ah. So he figured that if he built her a Southern-style mansion, that she'd marry him. So... Apparently, he won some money in some lottery or something, came across a bunch of money, and he built this Southern-style mansion. <coughs> she said no. Ooh. Oh. Oh. I, I'm <laughs> feeling this pain. House. Yeah, the heartbreak, yeah. Well, it then went into privately held. There was a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it didn't go super cheap, but it went much better. It was weighted down by the local 
prices of homes. So it changed hands from private family to private family to private family. When I was in high school, Drew Mowbray lived there. I've been to the house. He was a friend of mine. Okay. Two or three times I visited his house, this huge Southern-style mansion. And then the Rhode Island Lincoln Historical Society got it from that family. So now it's a museum piece. Nice. With all kinds of donated So when was it furniture. built, do you, do you know? Early 1800s. Wow. Yeah. Damn it, John, I just sent all the flyers to my sister. She loves it. She loves the house. Richmond. <laughs> she likes a little yeah. bit of tinge of the South. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I just sent her all the flyers that I got out of the place. But I'm doing some videos up of it, too. But went up into the—they gave me a tour of the inside, and they just got donated. One of the first owners of the house after what's-his-name had his heart broken hmm. were weavers, world-recognized weaving mills. They did some fine work. Okay. And uh, the two looms that they used to have were just given back to the house. It's up, they're up in the oh, attic. Perfect. Perfect. This is an original wooden weaving loom. Nice. So this is like a real museum piece. Yeah. This is cool. One of the people I met up with was a girl that I had a thing for when I was in high school. And she's working there as a volunteer. And she sat there and was showing me how the, the loom worked. Oh, nice. Yeah, pursuit of happiness I didn't even know I had. Beautiful. So you're connecting with old friends, old flames, old connections in your roots. Yeah. That must have been really special. There was a picture that you shared on Facebook. It was like, it looked like you and one of your classmates, like standing in front of Calypso. Yeah. And was that one of your old time buddies from town or who was that? Uh, Oh, wait a second. I don't remember which one that was. He has a cane. That was Alex Dumkowski. Okay. Ike. Did I ever tell you the story about one of the first exposures I had to a Corvette was a Corvette they pulled out of Lincoln Woods, the state park. Mm-hmm. This guy was in there doing some hanky-panky with his girlfriend. And Uh-oh. Apparently had a heart attack and died. Oh. And he was in the car for five days before they discovered him. Well, the, I guess the woman took off, took huh? Took off, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, that Corvette stunk. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, uh, but Ike took that car for a song away from the insurance companies as they couldn't do anything with it. That every, it just stunk. Yeah, yeah. But he was a very practical engineer, mechanic engineer. And we stripped everything out of that car. He roughed up all the interior fiberglass with a grinder, roughly. And he put about seven or eight boxes of baking soda in that car. That set for about three weeks. Car was fine. Good for him. Fully restored that Corvette. 
And I mean, this was this was this was Ike. He would buy wrecked cars, totaled cars, and rebuild them. Yeah, see, some the people most, have a talent most, for that. He was wonderful. I mean, he taught me the practical way of fixing things. Right on. So yeah, Ike was a very important guy to me, and he's still alive. Beautiful. <laughs> I was shocked to see him sitting there out in front of his garage. Ah. He didn't recognize me right off the bat. It wasn't until I sat down across from him, and I just sat there, and I smiled at him, and I says, Corvette. He says, Peter, he says, you got your own Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> he remembered. That is awesome. Awesome. 50 years later. Yeah. So, yeah. Bucket list thing, Done. You got a lot of bucket list things done on this trip. Yeah. Huge number. Huge number. See, we talked about the bull. I think I mentioned on Facebook the disproportionate number of deer that get hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, there's only five raccoon bodies I found, or 25 deer. I think we ought to do what we can to switch those numbers around, because deer are cool. Yeah. I have no use for raccoons. So if we can <laughs> wipe that out, 25 raccoons, five deer, I'd be a happy camper. Um, Storm in the Rockies, the Dotsero, covered that. Most expensive gas in the country right now is outside of Las Vegas. I can tell you that. How much did you pay a gallon? Four forty-five a gallon. Really? That's the most expensive? Yeah. Most of the, in the middle of the country, I was paying just in the mid two fifty, two sixty. So much cheaper when you get out of California. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Yeah, old stomping grounds, deer in the Berkshire. I came really close to hitting the deer. You know what their problem is? They're running through the woods. Okay, no problem getting traction. The minute their feet hit their the asphalt, oh, yeah, they're like yeah. on ice. Yeah. They splay out. So I saw him. I was locked on in track, and I said, all right, I got to pick my lane to avoid this, you know. But then his change, his speed changed that quick, and all of a sudden I was in trouble. Uh-oh. I had to swerve to avoid, you know. Came within two and a half feet of him. Got my attention. Hey, tell me about um, Highway 86 in New York, because you talked about that, and it was a, said it was a gorgeous it's the road to through the Berkshires. Okay, that's what that's what I was wondering what Berkshires was. Yep, this is where um, people from New York City, the Howdy Towdies, go f- spend their summer vacations is in the Berkshires. Ah, okay, and they're right; it's gorgeous country. It's and the road was very smooth, uh, very well maintained. It was an absolute delight to drive across. It, I was rating it very high. I would say, I would have to say it's probably the best highway in the country that I traveled across until I hit uh, 70 through uh, Utah, and it's 80-mile-an-hour speed limit. Uh, yeah. I'm going 90. <laughs> I'm cruising at 90, and nobody's blinking an eye. 89, right? Yeah, nine, nine is, is fine. fine. You're right. I did set it to 89. But when you're hitting downgrade, it's Yeah, I understand. Um, Oh, I went to Groton, Connecticut. I was stationed in Groton for three years. 
still a good Navy base, apparently, but the town has gone to hell in a handbasket, and I couldn't find any place to bring back memories. But I said, i got to prove that I came to Groton. Right. So I said, I'll stop and get gas. So I got gas in Groton. <laughs> had the cashier at the center little booth all by herself. I had her autograph the receipt. <laughs> i got to prove that I was here. Right. Nice. So, Yeah. I think I've covered everything. That's good. So how about when when you were on the road, people gave you songs when you were on the road. How did that work out? I got a total of about uh, 80 songs from different people. Yeah. And I added them on and damned if two of them came through great. One of them before I even started the trip. Long Way From Home. Ah. I mean, I thought about that. I said, I'm a long way from home on this trip in both directions. Yes, you are. Yeah. Because I've got a home that I'm going to that existed 50 years ago. But every mile I get closer to that home, I'm getting that farther away from my home back in Poway. And then when I'm coming back from being over there, I'm getting closer to my home. I mean, yeah. No matter how you look at this cross-country trip, I'm a long way from home. I thought that was a cool song. John Boothby gave me that song. Beautiful. And I put it to the soundtrack for one of my intro tapes. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because if you were given 80 songs, I mean, it must have been difficult to try to remember, oh, yeah, okay, I'm in this state. I got to play this song. Well, I know (laughs) the other one I made, the last time I added music to my thumb drive was for the Route 66 trip. And I haven't added a song since in four years. So I've been listening to the same music. Uh, You're probably anxious for for something new. So anything that was new, anything that anybody suggested to me that was new, oh, that's new. Nice. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I got a tongue-in-cheek one because... One guy sent me a piece of music, and he says, don't tell anybody that I recommended this to you. I do not want to be associated with it, but you can't avoid it. This is something you're going to do on your trip, but don't say, make any reference to me about it whatsoever. Right. So as I was leaving Texas and entering Oklahoma, I played it. I recorded it. That was on one of your videos. Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. It was a musical. Yeah, that's great. It fits. And notice I have not admitted who sent it to me. It is a friend. (laughs) But it's, yeah, he does not want to be associated with musicals. It's okay. It was good. I've heard that when it was on the video. Guess the music I picked out for going across the Massachusetts Turnpike. My first day on the return trip. Tell me. From my daughter. Ah. Miss Misery. Ah. Which is a song they play at the end of the movie of Good Will Hunting. Ah. When he's leaving Boston and going to California to see his girl. Nice. There's a picture of him driving the Chevy 2 given to him by his friends. Yeah. Down the Massachusetts Pike. How about them apples? Right on. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I, I put that on Facebook today. 
So how about this? When, when you're driving, you know, obviously you're paying attention to the sights. You stop. You meet some mm-hmm. people along the way. You've done some videos along the way. But there are stretches where you're just driving. Do, does your mind, do you think about things? Does your mind wander? Do you have deep thoughts? What goes through your mind when you're on these long drives? I have deep thoughts. Yeah. Not for a podcast. I understand that. I'm not asking yeah. what those thoughts were. But but I've always valued that when I'm on a drive because I'm alone. Yeah. And then I can really peel back layers of things mm-hmm. and do a lot of like self-discovery. Your life, your life gets really simplified. Yeah. Especially when you're by yourself. Yes. Okay. And there's no other distractions. Well, there's a lot of distractions in clubs. So. There's so much instrumentation. Right. Okay. Um, I'm caught, you know, what's the weather like? Okay, what's the official way? Um, what's my tire pressure? <laughs> tire pressure. Yeah, yeah. Am I doing fuel-wise? Yeah. I mean, yeah. all right, uh, am I going to have room to pass this guy before I get up to that truck? Oh, I better step on it. Yeah, I got it. There's a couple of sections where I did 120. Nice. Just to get out of a traffic situation. Oh, the other thing. Left lane drivers. Oh, yeah, those are the ones you don't like. Without a doubt, California is the worst state that I covered. Without a doubt. Every other state, uh, particularly the, the the more open the states, the more people are likely to be in the right lane. The minute you start to get congested, you'll find people riding in the left lane. It's a factor. And California, and the people in leaving Las Vegas have nobody to blame but themselves for their horrendous traffic from Las Vegas to Bakersfield. They're all in the left lane. It's not the trucker's fault. So, yeah. I'm, so With my new windshield, I've already ordered it. I've got... Slower traffic. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. they aren't looking at that that window uh, or on the on the windshield that you've got. No, from. California is the worst state. Absolutely, positively, without a doubt. For in terms of drivers, yeah, in drivers etiquette, and you had talked about that where the truckers were going to school and there was a truckers etiquette, um, which I thought was cool. They are. I'll tell you, it's working mm-hmm. because. My experience this time dealing with truckers was vastly different and superior to the Route 66 five years ago. Really? Yeah. These guys are watching out for you. Right on. All right. They're polite. They're thinking ahead. And they plan their moves very well. Beautiful. For the most part. There's nothing they can do about the Rocky Mountains. There's nothing they can do about that grade coming out of Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah. They're screwed. But, I mean, that UPS driver, I wish I'd known his name, but he does that three days a week, every week, three days on, Chicago to L.A., flies back to Chicago, he's off for four days. Flies back? Yep. Crazy. He's con- There's another team that goes eastbound. Wow. He and his partner have been doing this for four and a half years, he said. Wow. <laughs> says, that, I, I know every nook and cranny in this entire road. Amazing. But he says, I meet people like you. So cool. 
He says, I was wondering if we were going to ever meet up. He says, I've been watching you ever since I hit St. Louis. Well, how can you, how can they miss you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that gorgeous blue Corvette zinging by. <laughs> yeah. Well, it ain't so gorgeous. Well, a couple of, yeah. I've left, I have not cleaned her. She's just as dirty now as she was when she finished the trip on Thursday night. A lot of bug carcasses on the... Yeah. yeah. Because, see, the Corvette Club's going to Bowling Green this September, the big Corvette bash. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I want them to see the risk factors. I'm going to show them the new rear tire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show them the windshield. And... She, she does not look like she did at Plastic Fantastic. So some, like, battle wounds, you know? You know, some yeah. scars. No, she'll clean up. Yeah, of course. I mean, the tire is new. Yeah. The windshield will be new. Mm-hmm. And the slower traffic keep right sticker is on order. Good. So. This is amazing. So 19 days. Yep. Poway to Richmond. Yep. Then south to North Carolina. Yep. North to Rhode Island. Yep. And then east to Syracuse, and then worked your way through Ohio, Missouri, over the Rockies, yeah, through to, Utah, and then down the 15, back home. Yeah. As soon as I hit the 15, I, uh, chip's over. I'm home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you're still in Utah. I'm still in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way to go. Yeah. I called a friend of mine. He's, he's got family that lives up there, and I says, Dave, tell me why I'm thinking about you right at this moment. Mm -hmm. He says, I have no clue. I says, I'm on Interstate 15. He says, well, so what? I said, but I'm in Utah. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I enjoy when you're driving through Utah is when you get into that southwestern corner and then you see all that beautiful red rock like around St. George. Isn't that gorgeous? Unbelievable views. Yeah. Unbelievable views. Yeah, that's beautiful. I got 248 videos to sort through. 248? I thought you had, like, plenty on your Facebook channel. All right, you go. Oh, got, my gosh. I got 248 360 by 360 videos to you sort through. You got a through. lot of editing to do if you're going to create some uh, masterpiece. Not, not all of them. I mean, there's some of them that are only 30 seconds long. Yeah. And I'm not going to use them. Sure. But there are others... Like the one on the Mass Pike today. I said, this is a six-minute video I got here. I, I'm not saying anything yeah. for six minutes. I'm just driving down the Mass Pike. Bing. Miss Misery. Perfect. This is Matt Damon driving to the West Coast. There you go. <laughs> it's exactly right. From an in-the-car viewpoint rather than sitting back Rather than sitting down here watching the car this way, which yeah. is the view you have in the movie. Oh. So, yeah, I did the East Coast and now East to West. <laughs> so awesome. You remember at the halfway point? Yeah, you talked about in your video, you turn the car around. I said, yeah, John's going to want this facing West. <laughs> yeah, because that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I remember you showed me, and that was windy as hell out there. Yeah. That was the beginning of the 40-knot winds. Because you were, like, the recording is all, you know, just yeah. the crazy winds it in the background. It was a disaster. But so the, awesome. the camera almost made that windmill look like it was stop action. Oh, I that didn't know. That thing was spinning so high. I mean, there was a whine coming out of that. Oh, i got to pay closer attention yeah. to that next time I, yeah. I go back to that. Wow. I don't think it came through very good because of the wind noise. Yeah. But, uh, but you made it back. Yeah. 
Do you have another adventure planned? Anything new? No. You, no. I, I'm out of ideas now of my own. Right. I have family plans, but sure. nothing of my own of this nature. This is this is it for me. This is so awesome. So, Corvette Museum, done. Okay. Watkins Glen, drive the Glen, done. Okay. You got a T-shirt. Beautiful. They didn't have the right size. Oh, no. They're on order. Okay, of course. <laughs> yeah, so I'll have a T-shirt from Watkins Glen. Plus a, a signed receipt from Groton, Connecticut. A signed receipt from Groton. These are my souvenirs. Beautiful. From a trip. Well, all right. Is your wife happy to see you back? <laughs> you know where my wife is? Where? Las Vegas. Ah, did you see her on the way through? No, no. She left after I got back. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah, she yeah. was going to be gone this week. Yep. She gets to go to Las Vegas and have a good time in Las Vegas, and I got a trip across country. So. Yeah, good. So having those moments of vacation alone, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, right on. So, look, there's a lot of people on my list I should, I've got to thank. By the way, my nephew, David, recently got married to his wife, Whitney. And the food we had at her house is unbelievable. She starts cooking in the morning for the evening meal. Whoa. This is big-time Epicurean delight. What did you have? My nephew is going to be huge. (laughs) (laughs) But what kind of food was it? The one I remember unbelievable was barbecue. Really? Yeah. But that meat was being sautéed and, you know, made ready as early as 9 o'clock that morning. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Everything. Just unbelievable. Um, she posts a lot of stuff on Facebook about food and stuff. Now I understand why. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She is really good. She's, she's probably as passionate about that as you are about, about Corvettes. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and David got a chance to drive Calypso. So that makes up for five years ago when he missed out. Okay, good. And let's see. I think I've covered every story there is to tell. I think you have. The service at Great Road went very, very well. Reverend Bucco did a nice service. And then I had a person's so I had him speaking on behalf of my dad because he's the clergyman at the church. So this is the evangelical... Uh, um, Episcopalian. Excuse me. Pardon me. Episcopalian service. Yeah, correct. And this was in Rhode Island. This was in Rhode Island. Okay. So I had him speak on, on behalf of my dad because my dad was the clergyman. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then I had one of my sister's friends speak on behalf of my sister since she couldn't be there. Oh, so awesome. All right. Then I had one of my high school friends who turned out to be a teacher and actually taught with my mom. Really? Yep. Whoa. So she spoke on behalf of how my you, mom. How'd you bring all these people together? Planning. Okay. This is all the meticulous planning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful. And then there was another girl that went to St. Luke's when I was the fair-haired minister's son at St. Luke's. And we had one play that we did. 
in the church on the stage downstairs from the. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and my dad was the clergyman, so therefore I was Prince Charming. Ah. <laughs> so I had my Cinderella speak on my behalf at the Great Herod Ceremony. Really? Yes. Ah, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Yeah, we we have a mutual dislike for the picture in the paper where it shows Prince Charming trying to slip around Cinderella when we were, what, 12. Yeah, <laughs> but still so cool. Still very cool. And so then you guys came together for that event. Yeah. Just a couple weeks ago. <coughs> yep. That's so awesome. So I know you, you were talking about this trip for a long time. You told me about it, and, I, and you said, hey, I'd like to come on the podcast and tell the story. I'm like, yeah, right on. Well, this what is, really motivated This is beautiful. Two things that I want to – because it turned out I got a larger audience than I thought of people that were following me on this planning of this trip. I mean, people asked me about it. And then I had 18 people send me their emails so I could add them on to, you know, the yeah. Google track. yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing else better to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, we all live vicariously through other people like right. yourself. Right. You know, because we all would, would love to be on that cross-country trip. Plus, this podcast, I mean, I, I, I've been pretty open. I've been pretty honest on this podcast. Yeah. I haven't pulled any punches. No, he's laying it but out. But this is going to be a part of... When I'm dead and gone, I won't have one of those. I'm being buried at sea. Mm. All right? But I'll have a terabyte drive with this whole story on it. Nice. Including your podcast. It's all part of the story. Yeah. Part of the story. So this is how you can leave your mark. Yep. So... Got a phone call from the Czech Czech Republic this morning. My grandson wanted to say hi to Papu. Nice. He's probably going to end up with Calypso. How old is he? Two and a half, three. Don't ask a grandparent how old their kids are. (laughs) He's very, very young. Yeah, Yeah. very young. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, uh, that's marble. Yeah. It weighs a ton. I'll bet it does. I'll never forget, because my dad occupied that when he was when he passed away, and they delivered it to the church. That's the last time I was in St. Luke's up until two weeks ago, was for that service. And uh, Merrick Williams Funeral Home brought the urn in on a cart. That's kind of undignified to go down the aisle. Yeah. On a cart, you know. Give me that thing. I'll walk it down. I picked it up. Oh, <laughs> no wonder. Dad, you put on a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. Because I usually think of an urn like a vase or something. Yeah. So, so. This is a two compartment urn. So, what do you, what do you, do you just leave that in your home? Like in, uh, uh, what do my you do? Mom, my mom had it on her um, souvenirs of all the places that she'd been around the world. Okay. It was sitting on that shelf. Then it was sitting on a similar mantelpiece type thing at my sister's house. That's where we took it from. And right now it's going to be on my entertainment center 
Okay. So until December, at least. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what will happen to it then because it will be pretty much empty at that point. Yeah. Wow. I I just love the story of all the different places that your mom wanted to be left. I think that's really cool and that you came through and did it on a cross-country trip. Um, I think that's awesome. Just, just awesome. Combination of factors. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you add up all the things, and it was a get to the point where I, you know, I got to do this. When she passed, I didn't go back. We knew she was in bad shape, but she could have gone on for months in the condition she was in. So yeah. I did not go back for her passing. I did not go back. She didn't want a formal ceremony, even though she got one. Uh, but this is like your personal. This is our personal family thing. Yeah, and even just a you and your mom thing, just the two of you. Yeah. So, well, the others were aware of it. Yeah. All right. My sister was aware of it, but she said, "Why are you doing this? She doesn't. She's not here anymore. She's not going to know. It's not her. It's me. Yeah. I'm. I'm the one that made the promise. Yeah. You're doing this for you. Yeah. Um, and you're doing it for your mom, but you're really doing it for you. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I wonder if that'll come into the politics time when people say, are you a man of your word? There you go. You got a good story to tell. You've got a podcast that will back me up. Yes, I will. <laughs> we can refer them to episode 55 <laughs> of the John Riley Project. You know? Yeah. So this is great. Pete, thank you for joining me. This is so cool. Well, like I said, there was so much about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, particularly the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, yeah. So many different factors. Yeah. Um, so many things I wanted to say to a lot of people, and I'm losing track of who those people are. So I figured, this is easy. Just tell the I'll story. I'll watch John Riley's broadcast, you know. Yeah, and then they can, they can listen and watch. And I told the people at Discount Tire. In Kansas City, I'm going to do a damn podcast on this. Yeah, good. I wanted to do a podcast strictly about the discount tire thing. Mm-hmm. But I'll look up whatever minute mark that is, and yeah. you can listen to that part or ignore the rest. Yeah, or you can just edit out that segment and just give them that chunk. Yeah. But they those guys deserve great credit. Yeah. Customer service, amazing. Right on. Well, to, Pete, to say nothing of the coincidence of them knowing my son. Huh, unbelievable. <laughs> in Kansas City and, and like Poway. Because well, Neald, how many Neilds are there and the way your name is spelled? And, yep. You know? Yeah. Pretty rare. Yeah. Well, right on. Well, welcome home. Thanks, John. And I'm sorry. I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be back. I don't have anything else. This, this was it for a long damn time. It's back to work for me. I'm going to immerse myself in my job. Pete the Scientist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I might stub my toe on something. But it's, been a, it's been very good. Right on. And thank you for letting me put the exclamation mark on the end of this trip. Right on. Happy I can play a part. Yeah. Right on. Thank you. Mm-hmm.